0: Traveling the Vortex
1: We've joined the crew of the Blue Box Files as they investigate the strange goings-on and arrive at episode 567. I'm Keith.
0: I'm Sean. I'm Gwen. How is everybody tonight?
1: Doing okay, <laughs> just hanging in there. Huh? <laughs> I was sick last night. Oh, that's right. Random reason. I had no idea why. So you don't I had a fever, a fever out of nowhere.
0: Oh wow! And you don't know what yeah. it was. No, no virus no or anything.
1: Not been exposed to anyone that was sick with anything. Did two different COVID tests. Nothing.
0: Hmm.
1: No other symptoms either. It's probably those mysteries. Like maybe. A, little so, sore throat yesterday, yesterday but that was about it
0: it's those mystery viruses that you guys are tampering with out there at the lab yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: I was going through a big pile of junk <laughs> well, you, seasons don't fear the reaper <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm pretty sure the KDHE lab doesn't have anything that could be that deadly so, sir, I, I can argue. need to confirm no <laughs> you wouldn't say if you did <laughs> would well, you guys do anything or uh watch anything this week i watched a doctor
1: who
2: documentary
0: well of course you did we both watched it we all watched it
1: <laughs> we all watched that one i finished uh stranger things four and which i really enjoyed I kind of wish I had gone back and rewatched this previous seasons because it really pulled so heavily from its own history.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: would have been nice to have a better refresher than the one-time watch I did on season three, especially way back when. But I liked it. I thought it was good. I'm looking forward to the final season, whenever that's going to come out, if it ever comes out.
0: Yeah, they'll be in their 30s and it'll take place in the 90s.
1: Yeah, I did see a headline that, you know, they had a plan for addressing the age jumping that's happening.
0: Well, that's good. Yeah.
1: Uh Especially the way the season four ends. (laughs) It makes it seem very imminent and you can't have a big time jump if it's imminent.
0: (laughs) That's true. That's very true.
1: I felt like some of it was they wanted to have these characters back but didn't know what to do with it. But all the actual Hawkins stuff and the backstory on Eleven, I thought was very interesting. The Russia stuff, that was kind of me.
0: Did you cry when Eddie died?
1: A little bit. Got a little teary. A little and little... got a little teary about the stuff with Max, too.
0: Mm, yeah, that was rough. I figured yeah. she was going to bite it, too, but. <laughs> it, <laughs>
1: she almost would be better off. I mean, the way they left her, unless she somehow makes a miraculous recovery, that's not much of a life. Yeah, that's true. And it was Lucas's reaction to it was what was really, Mm -hmm. that was hard.
0: Mm -hmm. What about you, Sean? I got
2: caught up in a couple of older ones for Halloween. I watched The Halloween Tree, which I had never seen, the Ray Bradbury animated, which is pretty good. A cute little story about you know the origins of where certain Halloween traditions come from, and then I watched Red State, <laughs> which I don't know how much that you know qualifies as a horror film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm not been a while to think I've about that, that one. one. Like it, it wasn't bad at all. It was it was a little schizophrenic. <laughs> Because it's you know two movies. The first half is horror movie, young kids being lured into sex, going to be set upon, and then the other half is let's have the ATF guys storm the compound. Um, but it, I mean, it, it, it was not bad by any stretch of the imagination. I'm not sure Kevin Smith was the one to direct it.
1: It was very definitely a different movie for him.
2: Yeah, very much so. And then I watched Once Upon a Studio again. <laughs>
0: I did get around to watching. That I finally did watch that too. That yeah. was cute.
2: You did or not, Glenn?
0: I did. Yeah, I did. It Isn't great. it the best thing ever? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. It's nice seeing all those characters together in one one relationship. Interact with each other. Yep. I can't say that I watched anything. I think we cut up on Loki. Um watched episode three. But uh So good. I think that's as, about the only thing that I did. We went to um Robin had Uh, Players, uh, the uh, theater group, did their improv show tonight, their um, fall improv show. It was a lot of fun. That's pretty much it.
2: You were invited on an adventure across all of time and space in a completely random order. It's the Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. Jump in the TARDIS with your hosts,
0: Eric Golbranson, Asad Hishke. and Matthew
2: Kressel. Explore Doctor Who TV stories, audio adventures, and books, both novels and nonfiction. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast. It's the entire who on Shuffle. The Police Box in the Junkyard podcast is a member of the Direction Point Network and is available about once a month wherever you find your podcasts. You are listening to Traveling the Vortex,
0: I did do one other thing <laughs> uh, recently, which is I listened to uh, the Pattern Gang Trespassers 1 Rogues Gallery. And uh, that's going to be my something new two minute review. So this g- out of the gate just takes off. And very much, you know, we talked about how we missed the Pattern game. Gang. In fact, that was one of the reasons I picked this back up because. I missed them after listening to the Once in future that, that featured them with uh, the 10th uh, doctor. And it's just a joy to listen to those three together play off of each other. So naturally, I just, it makes me lament the fact that we've still never got a television series with them because I would love to watch them in action as well. Um, yeah. But this one's broke up into three stories. The first one um, kind of Halloween appropriate is um, about some ghosts in a traveling show and um, i can't say much about that because the without giving away some of the things in the plot um, but the first story is really good it's a lot of fun Um, the the bad guy or sort of MacGuffin kind of takes a little twist at the end which was was quite interesting Um, and then the next story is actually written by uh dan starkey called symmetry of death and this one I felt was the weakest of the three stories, um, because he he sort of had to he sort of had to lead into the rest of the, the the set with the next story, so he he was kind of confined to having sort of this simple little story, which I didn't think was all that great but his the way he's written the characters is spot on and then the last one is till death do us part and this one actually features the eighth doctor and i thought perhaps because this is um madame vastra and jenny have decided to have an official wedding because they never really officially got married And so and so they're going to have a wedding. And I thought, oh, well, this answers my question as to which version of the Doctor was at the wedding. But it doesn't because a lot of things go crazy. Um, Doppelgangers of all of our characters start showing up. And then it ends with a cliffhanger. And this is the last story of this box set. So now I have to wait for the next set to come out (laughs) in order to resolve it. And I highly recommend it. And I'm excited to... um, the next box set which we probably won't get for <laughs> another year but and that is my something new two minute review
1: had you listened to the previous uh pattern officers box sets i hadn't
0: and that was one of the things that concerned me but this one starts a arc, star arc start story arc all anew so you don't have to have listened to uh the previous stories it is helpful to know be familiar enough with the, the characters but uh, you don't have to have listened to anything prior to this. And now that, that's the nice thing about this is now I probably will go back and start picking up the old sets in between now and the next set that <laughs> comes out because I, I really, really enjoyed listening to them.
2: Hi, I'm Rupert
0: Booth. I am known
1: as Paul Ferry.
2: And my name is Barry Williams. Together, we host Time Ram.
1: Time Ram's a cruel mistress.
2: It's a random number generator.
1: That also.
2: We roll a number from 1 to 13, and that's our doctor. Then 1 to 300 for the story,
1: and then we ram them together. Even if it doesn't make sense. Cruel, I tell you. Time round. Putting the wrong doctors in the wrong stories, so you don't have to. You're listening to Travelling the Vortex.
0: We are going on a journey, a very long journey, through the world of the target novelizations and publication order. Every week, we are looking at a new book talking about Terrence Dix, Malcolm Hulk, and all our Doctor Who novelization friends. Whatever you do, keep turning the pages. This is Jason Miller of the Doctor Who Literature Podcast, a member of the Direction Point Podcast Network, and you are listening to Traveling the Vortex, a Direction Point Podcast. All right, well, let's do a quick convention recap. Um, Coming up, Saratoga Comic Con in Saratoga Springs, New York. That's the uh, November 18th and 19th, and that's uh, featuring Eric Roberts. Wales Comic Con in Telford, UK, also November 18th and 19th of this year. That's going to have Alex Kingston, Paul McGann, Colin Baker, Sylvester McCoy, Peter Davison, and David Bradley. And, of course, the big one, Chicago TARDIS um, here in the U.S. that eventually we're going to get to. It's it's within a drive away. I'm surprised we haven't been there yet. I know they've been asking us to come up. That's in Chicago, Illinois, and that'll be the November 24th to the 26th. That is Thanksgiving weekend, for those of you in the U.S., and that'll have Lisa Barum, Michael Trouton, Colin Baker, Carol Ann Ford, Peter Davison, Fraser Hines, Sylvester McCoy, among many other guests. And um, that's going to be kind of a fun one because that's um, going to be part of our news coming up. But uh, with the special releasing that weekend, they may be able to do a watch along. Mm, yeah. Speaking, well, speaking of, of that news, yeah, speaking uh,
1: of news, they have revealed the 60th anniversary dates, the air dates, the first one. Uh, the Star Beast will air on the 25th of November and will drop on Disney Plus the same day. Not sure on the time yet on Disney Plus, but we do know it's coming on same day.
0: Well, they, um, haven't, they haven't announced the time for the UK, right? Just the date? Right, just okay. the date. Okay. Yeah.
1: Wild Blue Yonder will be the December 2nd, and then The Giggle will be December 9th. So that's this Saturdays. The three consecutive Saturdays in a row. And we got some awesome posters. Yeah,
0: the posters look great. I, I really, really was impressed, and I, I, I sent the side-by-side to you guys. Uh, I was really, really impressed that they, they kind of emulate the uh, Doctor Who issue number one from the U.S. cover that has basically the same framing with the Horrith, um warriors on each side, the Doctor in the middle, and then the companions over each shoulder with Meep. Um, there uh to the left and uh i i didn't didn't even occur to me until i was going flipping through some other pictures and i went oh wait a minute this is the same it's not the same same but it's it very similar so i thought, i was very impressed yeah. that they took that approach that's pretty clever mm-hmm. wild blue yonder doesn't really give anything away other than some weird robot in the background mm-hmm. and then of course we get our uh Glimpse, another glimpse at Neil Patrick Harris as the toy maker in the background of the giggle with the playing cards coming out. That's actually a really cool picture, too. The playing yeah, cards is kind of flying at the flying at the camera or the viewer. And it's
1: trying to touch me in all of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's reaching out to touch you. Reach out, reach out and touch someone. Reach out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> for young listeners, they might not even know what that is. Keith, you know what that is, right? Yeah, I do. AT&T, okay, gotcha. <laughs> what else do we got?
1: Uh, Well, Series 15 filming began this week.
0: Yay!
1: I didn't even realize they were that far ahead. Yeah. Well, they finished, <laughs> I guess
0: they ramped Season 14 like two or three months ago. And they said that they were going to just get right at it and get to Series 15. But I was even still surprised that it it's already happening now, so... Second season
1: with Shooty and we haven't even seen a full episode with him yet. Mm -hmm. (laughs)
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I'm glad that they have faith in his performance that they're not waiting to make sure, you know, People like him and the ratings are good before going on with season two.
0: Well, this is probably the first time that um, we've not seen a doctor on air and already guaranteed two seasons. So. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> There's, not going to be wondering when he's going to leave for the next for the next two years, at least. <laughs> yeah.
1: Although he's made some comments about returning to the theater, so mm. it might be a two and done.
0: Well, maybe that's why they're getting a bunch shot so that he can take a break. And then come yeah, back and that's film true. another season after that. So
1: because if they're if you know it's a yearly plan, season fifteen won't air until twenty twenty five at some point. Right. So he could do a whole year long run. Right. Before even needing to come back to film again,
0: which might be the plan. And then he comes back at the end of twenty twenty five to film season six. So you know, with them doing the shorter seasons now too, that's probably easier on them.
1: Yeah, that's true.
0: Who knows, maybe in January, they'll start filming season 16, and then he'll have a full two years, he can do whatever he wants. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) Start
2: filming the new season in January, and then in March, the first
1: season will air,
0: Air. and in
2: April, we'll get his retirement notification. Right, that's
0: true. (laughs) That's a good point.
1: (laughs) Hopefully, they would keep that under wraps for a little bit. Although, they didn't with Eccleston, you know. that's true right around well, the time the first episode airs they announced he was leaving
0: It wasn't that for us though i thought that was in, in the u.s when the first episode aired we found out he was leaving i thought it was pretty early on in his run regardless yeah, maybe maybe it was i don't know about the uk but i know we we knew he was leaving the by the time the first episode aired here because we got it like a full year or so later so uh, that's true what else we got
1: uh, the last bit of news is uh, the British Film Institute did a showing of the Underwater Menace, uh, the animation. And uh, there was a Q&A with the team. And they have confirmed that there is more st- work to animate more 60 stories on the way. They, they were told, the quote is exactly, there is more coming. And they hope to complete... But hopes to complete the entire Missing back catalog were a little tempered in saying they do them one at a time. Each new production is being commissioned based on the sales of the previous one. But the good news is that the pre-orders of Underwater Menace seem to have, be strong enough to justify the next story, whatever that is going to be. Well, we may know that. <laughs> we may know that but we don't know for sure oh, believe, the, the believe company, me i'm obvi- gonna talk
0: about it after you're done <laughs> <laughs> the
1: company obviously wants to continue and do all of them and i think fans for the most part want that as well
0: i thought there was some rumor that The savages would be next on their. Was it the savages? Yeah. No, the smugglers would be the next one on their list.
1: One of the articles, this article I have up now doesn't mention that, but one of the other ones I saw said that too. Yeah. Okay. I had heard that as well.
0: So that's, that's exciting stuff. Of course, if the, uh, if the mirror is to be believed, um, we'll be getting the celestial toy maker next and we'll be getting it sooner than we think. Because according to a blurb that came out in the actual newspaper section today, because we can't find the silly thing online, we can only find scans of the actual newspaper. And TARDIS Central was uh, one of the ones that has the scan. It says, Doctor Who fans can expect plenty of fun and games in the next animation thanks to the Celestial toy maker. The character will appear in the hit BBC show this autumn after being brought back by Russell T. Davis for the final special marking the show's 60th anniversary, Neil Patrick Harris, will play the immortal being who exists only to play games and cause havoc in other lives. But the Celestial Toymaker, as William, as a William Hartnell story from 1966, will also be brought back to life in cartoon form after the master tapes were wiped years ago. Batman star Michael Gao, inset, which there's a picture of him, um, originally starred as the villain alongside Alo Alo's Carmen Silvera, and former blue star <laughs> Blue Peter star Blue Peter Star Peter Purvis. Which I, I love the fact that that's what he's known for. <laughs> that Doctor Who star. <laughs> blue Peter uh, Star. Says, but only part four of this story still exists in the BBC archives after a copy was returned from Australia in February nineteen eighty four. An insider said for many fans the celestial story make, toy maker is one of the greatest Doctor Who stories ever. I'm not sure how true that is either, but so if the mirror is to be believed and we have always said it is a tabloid magazine. So take whatever they say with a grain of salt. However, we always tend to follow that up with the track record has been pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a good chance we may be getting an announcement soon on the, uh, celestial maker animation. I wonder if that's one that they, maybe they, they have done and they have been holding back and they may drop that on iPlayer as a special thing. Um, maybe on
2: one of those dates that uh, RTD said was really right.
0: important. Right. So, it might be interesting to see. The other thing that I think I they could have considered doing was doing a truncated animation of it to, to kind of take out because there's a lot of tedium in it. There's a lot of drawing the story out if we if I remember right. And there is a couple of controversial things in it. There's as we talked about in one of our shows the the um uh, Meaning of celestial can 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 be derogatory as well, so I think that there's a chance that we might get even a, a smaller version of it, like maybe they've cut it down and they'll do a Marco Polo to it. I don't know, but um, I guess only time will tell. I would love to see. I'd love to see the whole thing animated. I'd love this to be the a big surprise next month. Um, feels kind of like it would have been more fun had. Um, the mirror not <laughs> spoiled <laughs> it for us if, if this in yeah. fact is true but there was no avoiding this because it was everywhere today on Twitter I think it'd be a,
1: a nice surprise for this anniversary yeah I think so too especially since the last big anniversary you know we had actual episodes returned to us
0: that's true yeah
1: <laughs> maybe they just got it mixed up and we actually are got the actual episodes returned.
0: That's what's going on. <laughs> this is a uh, bait and switch for us. Yeah, it'll make the surprise even better when we find out that mm. all of the all of the episodes have survived now, <laughs>
1: <laughs>
0: in animation form. They all say, This is Tim Trelaw. This is David J. Howe. I'm Peter Purvis. I am Sude Miller. This is Lauren Cornelius. Larry, it's Fraser. For all things in the Doctor Who collecting world and beyond, the Doctor Who Collectors podcast. I'm Larry Van Mersberg and your host, and I've been collecting for 42 years. You're listening to Travelling the Vortex on the Direction Point podcast network. Well, speaking of uh, anniversaries... Um, we are reviewing this week uh Thirty Years in the TARDIS, which was the thirtieth uh, anniversary special that they ran back in uh what would that have been? Nineteen ninety four, in between uh the T V movie Returning to Our Screens. Ninety three. Oh yes, I'm sorry, ninety three. Oh yeah, okay, yes, ninety three, because we are actually <laughs> we are actually reviewing uh more than Thirty Years in the TARDIS, which did air the following year <laughs> in nineteen ninety four. So um, 30 years in the TARDIS was a, um, basically a documentary, uh, celebrating 30 years of, of Dr. Who, um, was, um, narrated by Nicholas Courtney and who played the brig for those who may or may not know. And we actually don't have access to 30 years in the TARDIS, but we do have access to more than 30 years in the TARDIS because it was an extra on Shada, right? hmm Yeah. So we decided that uh, we're going to take a look. Uh, I'm I'm going to turn it over to you. Hang on. Uh, But we thought we'd take a look at uh, maybe some other ways that the uh, um, anniversary was celebrated in the past. So we're going to look at this one. And, yeah, if we've got a summary, let's hear it.
1: Following the first episode of The First Ever Adventure on November 23rd, 1963, Doctor Who became many viewers, too many viewers, the most consistently imaginative, inspiring, and good-humored series on British television. The seven doctors and their various assistants are fondly remembered, and their relative merits hotly debated by generations of fans. This special documentary, made by a lifelong fan of the series, brings together doctors and their assistants to recall three decades of time travel, endearingly cheap special effects, and monsters classic clips, interviews, behind-the-scenes anecdotes, and even <laughs> Doctor Who bloopers feature in the special birthday tributes.
0: I was hoping that you would have paused just a little bit longer so that Sean could have <laughs> prematurely did the dump-dump-dump again. I, I was there. <laughs> if you'd have <laughs> I, I, just I, I, I a little bit a longer. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I had to swallow. Yeah. Uh, go ahead, Sean. Bum-bum-bum. This is fun. Um Yeah. I like it for specifically for this nostalgia factor of it, the fact that we look back and and step back through 30 years. But it's kind of it's a product of its time as well, if you think about it, because it's shot in four by three ratio, because that's what televisions were back at that time. And which is, you know, typical for classic Doctor Who, but. It's very much in the style of how things were kind of presented in those days. You know what I mean? It's it's that's kind of how documentaries, especially lower budget television documentaries were. Um, They would use a not even a running. It was I guess I should say a running theme, not even a running story, but a running theme with the little kid going through and having the little cutaways uh, to him as he's imagining himself, you know, engaged in in the adventures of, of of Doctor Who and uh then intersplicing the clips of the show and explaining the uh how how things came about, all the way down to the little the little interludes that um I don't know I remember how he described them, but the about the and then it would be whatever happened, you know, about the Daleks or about the So mm. I thought that was kind of neat and from just like I say, a nostalgia perspective as well because you know again a lot of this stuff that is in this is like the book that we read a few weeks ago it's all stuff that we already know it's 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 just it's fun to kind of look back at it and get some clips and some behind the scenes clips that i don't think i've seen them i'm sure they're on the respective dvds um that have come out with certain shows but to kind of get glimpses of them on this was kind of fun as well but Uh, Yeah, but just the the nostalgia fact of watching something that I easily could have didn't, but could have watched, you know, back in the, in the 1990s. And and it kind of takes you back to that era of even that style of documentary making. Yeah,
1: it's, it's obviously has, as it should, the 1990s feel to it, which is fantastic in and of itself. And plus I was impressed by kind of the depth of how far it goes into the into you know the show and the fact that they got to talk to verity lambert because mm-hmm. she was still around mm-hmm. and all of the interviews that they got to do because all of almost all of these actors were here and when they couldn't they you know they talked to william hartnell's daughter and and all of that i thought was really nice oh, oh. granddaughter sorry yeah and the fact that they even tackled you know the movies the peter cushing movies and mm-hmm. talked to roberta Toby i thought was really a nice you know, obviously the person who put this together was a very big fan of the show.
0: Mm-hmm. I mean, speaking of the, the the people they talked to, they had Barry Letts, Terrence Dicks, uh, Philip Hinch- Hinchcliffe, as you said, Verity Lambert, uh, Jessica Carney, who's the uh, granddaughter of William Hartnell. Um, it was interesting to see a lot of these people that, that have passed, too, because, you know, uh, Letts and Dicks and uh, even John Pertwee. Um mm-hmm. now the the clip that we got of um uh the second doctor. Uh, Patrick Troughton obviously was had been recorded previously because he was he had passed by this time as well. In fact, not long before this, but he had passed as well. Um Terry Nation, of course again there was another that was another clip that I think was not archival. Yeah, it was yeah. It was archival clip. But a lot of these people that we got to see, you know, clips of were people that had had passed already. Liz was Slayton <laughs> Yeah. Um, which was, that was kind of cool seeing a young Sadie Miller. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty interesting. And it was
1: kind of cool seeing. John Nathan seeing, Turner,
0: another one who's passed.
1: You know, we're all used to seeing a lot of the the, bo- the current bonus features that they've been putting together on DVDs mm-hmm. and the interviews. And, you know, older versions of Terrence and older versions of Barry and seeing the younger versions of these people was mm-hmm. really cool to
0: see also
1: yeah yeah it was I, I was
2: really kind of surprised at just how much i enjoyed this um like you said glenn it was like i i wish i had seen it mm-hmm. um 30 years ago when it was released because it would have given that connection back into it um but uh you yeah, know it there's there's a lot of it that i don't know for the hardcore fans how useful the information is a lot of the stories are ones that we've heard before mm-hmm. but it didn't matter right. because it just had that quaint charm to it um and as you said seeing how things were done and and people from from from, from that day and age and uh yeah yeah just uh, just
1: really cool well also trying to put it in the perspective of somebody who might have been watching it Mm -hmm. at the time, you know, a doctor who wasn't on TV. So the fact that there's this documentary kind of reliving the show I would have loved... Mm -hmm. I got an extra thrill out of that right. trying to put
0: myself in that mindset. Well, because even, I mean, the the videos had just barely started coming out by this time as well. So the, you yeah. know, the, there wasn't that wealth of information and and all of this video, some of this behind the screen scene stuff probably would have brand, been brand new at that time. Um, oh, it it yeah. ended up, ends up on DVDs later as, as extras. But yeah, a lot of that stuff was, you know, people were seeing that behind the scenes stuff for the first time. And they they got very creative with it because they got you know monsters. Uh, they had monsters outside that they had you know people dressed up and walking around. They had the the clips with um, Carol Ann Ford and the the uh, Daleks roaming around. They kind of recreated that scene of the Daleks going across the, the bridge, and uh, so just all of that detail that they put into it, you could you could tell that whoever put that together. Uh, really wanted to show some love for the show which is ironic that the show got cancelled in 89 when it was still this popular and popular enough to get such a nice treatment you know five years later yeah interesting um one of the things I, I really that... liked how go ahead I really liked how they framed
1: the the, the interviews for the fans you know, behind the sofa. Mm -hmm. I thought that was a really clever way to go about Mm -hmm. interviewing the fans to make it more than just a standard talking head.
0: Speaking of, had we watched this in 94, we might have known who uh, Toya Wilcox and um, uh, Mike Gadding were, (laughs) the actress and the the cricketer. (laughs) cricketer. (laughs) Yeah, well, and and, uh, Toya Wilcox was an actress. That's all all I knew about her because that's all it said on her little uh, lower third she kind of looks familiar i don't know why lowry turner who was a fashion editor apparently (laughs) (laughs) again if we lived in the uk and saw this at the time we probably would have known who these people were yeah no um a lot of fun um glad that we have it. glad that glad that it's available i mean it's one of those things that yeah it's a, it's an extra on a dvd but it almost kind of stands out because while they needed something to go with shada because there wasn't a lot to to put on that disc with it it was kind of nice that they said well here piece of history that goes with it it kind of gets <laughs> it gets spotlighted that way too because it's got it shares the title on the disc with with shada so um people get a chance to see it. And if if yeah, if you haven't seen it, be sure to check it out cuz it, it's a lot of fun. It's a nostalgic nostalgic viewing.
1: My one thing with it would be uh and I don't know why, but there is hardly any Fifth Doctor love. Like they Peter Davison wasn't interviewed. Um I don't think any of his companions were even interviewed. So they talk about him a little bit, but they seem to gloss over him. Predominantly, yeah, that's other true. than the transition to him, I'm just—I wonder why that was.
0: They don't—they um, didn't talk to uh, Tom Baker either at the time, but they aired a lot of clips of him. A lot, of yeah, clips him. that's true. In fact, they showed—and the I can kind of commercials.
1: Too. I didn't. I guess I didn't really expect Tom to be, do an interview for it, mm, especially back at that time. Yeah. Yeah, what we know of Tom from that time period, and he didn't seem like it was within his character. But I, I'm just. I wonder if Peter Davison was just busy, or well, or, or what the situation was. Maybe he was. Obviously, he, he was a very busy actor. So, so.
0: and uh, this is on our schedule to do as, as well as a, a uh, uh, another anniversary special that might have been. Um, but when they were talking about doing the Dark Dimension, which would have been the special that would have reunited all the surviving Doctors, um, and then that kind of went south. I think Peter Davison. Kind of took that he didn't. I want to say he took it hard, like he was upset that it didn't happen. He just, I think he it it, the way it transpired, made him angry, and I'm wondering if maybe when they came to him to do this, he just decided, no, I'm kind. You know, he was he was still maybe in a mood and decided he didn't want to do this, or or maybe he wasn't available. I maybe just you know imagining up something that that doesn't really exist, but I know at the time that he was a little put off by the fact that. Uh, The Dark Dimension ended up going the way it did, and so maybe he just didn't want to be available for it.
1: Of course, if they had included him, then they probably wouldn't have been able to do some of the other cool stuff they did. That's um, true. (laughs) Would have made it even longer. Maybe the Peter Cushing (laughs) stuff would have gotten cut if they hadn't
2: gotten Peter Davis
0: into it. I don't
2: know. Cool was it to see some love
0: from that way. Mm, Really cool. Yeah. Acknowledging it, I think that was, was neat
1: and even playing who is who's who.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: I also liked really seeing all the ads and like how they even interspersed <laughs> ads. Like it was a commercial break mm-hmm. the, of uh, doctor who related ads. I thought that was really clever. Also, I the, mean the prime computer stuff prime, we kind of knew yeah. about, but the other ones I thought was pretty cool too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The
0: prime computer ones. I think the, the, the first one I like the second one's just awkward
1: <laughs> yeah that's obviously uh, <laughs> real life bleeding through right right <laughs>
0: uh, good stuff highly recommend it get a chance to see it and kind of grateful that even though doctor who was off um, in that you know in the wilderness years there that they they did take some time to recognize the 30th anniversary and I feel they did a pretty good job of it it would have been nicer to see an actual um, doctor reunion i think but this was second best thing we could get i think yeah all right well let's move on to our next review
1: doctor who redacted season two bbc sounds music radio podcasts
0: the return of doctor who redacted we're the blue box files podcast mr dexie
1: Do your sausages contain extraterrestrial DNA?
0: A six part science fiction thriller from the worlds of Doctor Who. But let's talk about the blue box files. Introduce us to it. Basically, it's dedicated to uncovering the truth about an enigmatic cuboid shape, which seems to appear at times of historical upheaval. Pompeii is there, Titanic is there. You name it, there's sightings of a strange blue box.
1: I think the blue box is our guardian angel. There's someone inside it, you know, keeping us all safe. But there's a new traveller on Earth. My name's Apex. Apex Costa. I'm looking for the Doctor. They're in grave danger.
0: The Doctor is missing. Something is amiss with
2: their timeline. Broadcasting on all intergalactic frequencies.
1: Attention to anyone out there who can help. The Doctor is missing. I repeat, the Doctor is missing.
2: And a new villain. Surrender and prepare to welcome the right
1: honourable Lady Honour Bray
0: with the worst kind of small talk. When I want something, I really want something. Do you know what I mean?
1: I guess so. I do want an air fryer.
0: And I want a TARDIS. But with no doctor. The doctor can't be gone. We'd know. Somehow we'd know. The sky would be collapsing on our heads. It's down to three friends to save the world. I know this is stressful in about a million different ways, but you don't need to hold my hand so tight. I'm not holding your hand.
2: This thief got to be stopped. Some really dangerous artefacts have been stolen. Enough to start an interstellar war.
0: Put me
2: down! Please!
0: Please, I can't breathe! Please!
1: You're crushing me!
2: But can they save the Doctor?
1: Doctor, no! Wait, it's
0: a gateway is a trap. Subscribe to Doctor Who Redacted on BBC Sounds.
1: Cleo Proctor is officially over it. Her life is a mess, and her best friends, Abby and Shauna, are lost in a lesbian love-in. Life sucks. She's lonely. She she wants the doctor to take her away from all this, but they're not returning her calls. Then Cleo discovers reports of mutant rats in London Docklands, and things
0: get interesting. Um, um, um. Yeah, me too. I... Don't think that this series was as good as the first series. Um I think that what I liked about this one is I don't feel like we had to spend a lot of time discovering the characters, which worked really well because we're in season yeah. two. We already know these gals. We know you know, what's behind their motivations for doing this. And I think one of the things that that made me mad initially is the fact that um, uh, Abby and Shauna imme- it, immediately write off Cleo when she's investigating these rats. They've They've clearly, from season one, had enough experiences with close shaves with supernatural. Now they didn't. They they didn't remember or go through the ghosting thing that that the doc that that yeah that Cleo went through when the doctor arrives. But so they they don't understand from her perspective. But I really felt like they should have given her more of a benefit of the doubt in this. And so that that mm-hmm. kind of rubbed me the wrong way right off the top of this. And I think that they felt like they needed to quickly develop some conflict so that they could. Had a reason to separate them. exactly, and and then build to that climactic, you know, emotional uh, back together. Why, you know, we'll never abandon you again, type thing. And and then they they really do. They come to the rescue. I mean, even though it's long distance, <laughs> Cleo and and or, uh, Abby and Sean really do come to the rescue. Thanks to mm-hmm. which was a great inclusion, uh Ronnie Chandra, which you know, voiced by Angeli Mohindra. <laughs> yeah, uh, and and even
1: going so far as to bringing in mr smith yeah jumping all the way to was the end
0: terrific yeah that was wonderful um well and giving um was it is it abby or is it shauna's the is abby's the um computer tech right i get the two confused I, they're, I, I, I they're together confused. so much that i can't i get them confused but anyway one of them being a computer tech and giving her some time to shine with the fact that you mm-hmm. know she does manage to reboot him she does manage to you know uh uh, help him take control of the big robot that's attacking Cleo at the end. I, I thought that was really cool. I was that to give her some, some credibility as a, as a, a character in the story.
1: Well, and just the fact that they go so far as to connect it to Ronnie takes on the world. Mm-hmm.
0: That that was
1: neat. Yeah. I, def, I can't remember if they did that last season or not. Well, I didn't just have her show up, but I the think... fact that they directly connect it this time, well, is... she she, well,
0: she just shows up in the first one and that was before the, the, uh, the oh, okay, finished yeah. audio came out. So yeah, they didn't, they, we, uh, in fact, she's not, she's not in the first one that much. She just kind of cameos no. that one. Um, yeah. this time they give her a lot bigger, um, part and I love how they all kind of fangirl over her, but she's almost as much enamored by them as, as they <laughs> are by her, which I thought was kind of a neat little trade-off thing.
1: What did you guys think of Apex?
0: Um <laughs> It's complicated. <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> um I felt he was very one note. It I felt like his his motivations were really kind of empty. And by that I don't mean that he didn't have motivations. It's just he comes across as this hero guy at the start. And we, we find out his true colors that he's trying to collect the TARDIS for, uh, what was her name? Honor Bray. Yeah. And then we find out that there might've been a relation between those two. And then we find out that, well, it was kind of a one sided relation and all the while he's cozying up to Cleo and I don't trust him the whole time. And obviously, um, uh, Abby and Shauna <laughs> both immediately <laughs> knew. And then at the end, they kind of left it in this way that, you know, all was forgiven. And I really kind of felt like he didn't do enough to redeem himself to merit and all is forgiven kind of ending there. And so that was kind of weird, but I just, and I didn't think that the actor was it Freddie Carter. I, I He was just kind of, I don't know. He was just kind of dry.
1: <laughs> yeah. I thought he, his, the writing on him was very inconsistent. It felt like they, you know, we can trust him. No, we can't. We can trust him. No, we can't. I just kind of wish they could have stuck with one kind of situation instead of, I never knew fully what to believe, what was coming out of his mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what honor was said about him. I, I, I still now, I don't, I guess he is
0: really from origin, but I'm still not entirely clear on that. Well, that's just that they don't they don't do enough to make us trust him by the end that we could really yeah, it's almost like we're we're left with him and Cleo and it's like, well, I really like Cleo and I'm still very suspicious of you despite what everything has happened so far. It kind of felt like a big brother that was still being very protective. Yeah.
2: Yeah. the The character suffers a little bit from the classic um, problem of how lovable can we make the rogue to excuse the behavior. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, Captain Jack has elements of that in. Empty job. Doctor Dances. He eventually won us over. Largely by doing the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> Apex never really got there. He, even when he did the right thing, it was oh, I did this. Yay, our team. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, you know, I felt he was really inconsistent with um as keith said with the way he was written that you know oh he cares so much about the the underground no he doesn't i mean that, that's kind of apparent from moment 1 he you know he's he's a, he's a people trafficker ding you had it right <laughs>
0: mhm yeah
2: and um, uh, you know i don't just just to cover expenses and uh, uh, I, I don't think so And, um, as it goes on and honor comes and kind of unloads and says, well, this is what he really is. I don't think any of us were surprised by these revelations. It was kind of like, oh yeah, that, that, that figures Cleo was obviously surprised by these revelations, but,
0: but then again, she's supposed to be (laughs) (laughs) as the character in that situation.
2: But, um, yeah, just that, that waffling made it difficult to i hesitate to say care um about the relationship um but it it made it difficult for me to be concerned because then it was just a matter of all right all right hurry up and get over it Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. hurry hurry up and get to the shoe dropping so that we 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 don't have wishy-washy cleo um or hurry up and get to the twist where he's not evil and he is as great as everybody thinks. And I'll go, Oh,
1: okay, cool.
2: But, um, yeah, I didn't quite, uh, didn't quite get there.
1: Mm-hmm. And I think had he not, you know, at the very end shown up next to honor, you know, even though it was kind of begrudgingly, had he kind of swooped in and saved the day more than instead of, Siding with the bad guy, essentially, <laughs> <laughs> I would have been a little more forgiving about the inconsistencies. Because then he would have proved himself, but mm-hmm. then, obviously, at the by the bottom, by the end of it, he was just looking out for himself. Yeah, that's true. And I thought honor was very one note as well. Mm-hmm. Which I didn't really realize it until just now that that was um, Mercy Hardigan from the next Doctor, same actress. Mm,
0: yeah, that's right. Um, I, But I didn't expect more from her character than what is portrayed in the audio. So I didn't necessarily have as much issue with that, the fact that she was kind of one note because I kind of expect that particular character to be one note. Um, But I guess, I suppose, when that's your heavy, as far as the villain goes, because Apex doesn't turn out to be the main protagonist in this. She is the one that's supposed to be carrying that weight. I suppose that maybe you want a little more from her, but I don't think I was all that. I don't think I was all that disappointed with the fact that that, the way that that the character was portrayed.
1: I guess I would have liked a little bit more, you know, other than. The greed is a fine motivation Mm -hmm, for me. I don't have a problem with that. I guess I was hoping for a little bit more motivation from her besides the spurn lover aspect of it.
2: I will say as well that I was initially shocked and then kind of kind of pleased that the resolution is, you know, as the 12th doctor says, you're going to have to sit down and talk.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
2: And, um, just, you know, let's, let's go out for a coffee. What?
0: (laughs) Well, the, the abrupt nature of the way they did that too, I thought was kind of Mm -hmm. clever because it, it sounds like, She's gonna to go to blows, and then the next scene they're sitting in a coffee shop talking it over, and I thought, well, that was kind of a a neat way to kind of end this, especially in audio, because that's all this is—is is talking. And so I, yeah, I thought that was kind of a great turn.
2: I mean, can you imagine if the doctor did that? <laughs> just took to a coffee shop. Tim Tim Shaw's on the rampage and coming and
0: <laughs> hey you know what in the finale get a coffee <laughs> in the big finale of the episode it, it I I was a little surprised that Redacted got a second season not because I didn't think the first ep- the first series was good I thought the first series was good I just kind of felt like there wasn't a lot of hype over Redacted. And it sort of just flew above the surface of being under the radar. And I didn't think it. And so I was quite surprised that they had gotten a series two. I'm kind of glad they did. And I'm actually hoping they, they continue this and do a series three, because I really yeah. think there's room for a Doctor Who spinoff. That isn't doing what Big Finish is doing. Big Finish is really focusing on doctors and characters within the universe. And what Redacted has done is it has kept itself connected to the Doctor Who universe by bringing in these, you know, peripheral characters here and there, which I I hope they continue to do. But also making it its own thing, creating an entity around these characters, these three main characters, I think works really well. And we we still get a lot of I don't think there was as many Easter eggy dropped things as there was in the first series. Of course, we didn't get as many episodes this time either. But uh, we you know, we had little comments like I I picked up on one of them just on this last one where they talked about uh, they equated the the rats in London to the um, uh, spiders in Derbyshire. Yeah. So, I mean, it was it was they were referencing arachnids in in.
1: the uk uk yes thank you <laughs> oh, i could remember that uh, and they, they even she uh even references the flux in that final mm-hmm, episode, right
0: yeah the flux um and uh yeah and then they're, of course bringing back mr smith giving ronnie a, a little bigger part in this one i i just i like that they're doing that and they could continue to cycle in you know, characters and still live in this little pocket, you know, world of their own here aside from everything else that everybody's doing. So I think it still really works. It doesn't contradict anything that in fact, as we were talking about the, the, you know, Ronnie uh, situation, they're not contradicting anything that big finish has done there. In fact, they're acknowledging it, which is a lot of fun too. So uh, it's just, it's really cool. I, I I really am looking forward. Hopefully they will announce another season and I hope they they keep going forward. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, especially I was a little worried going into the season that it would kind of follow the same format of last year of, oh, we're trying to get the doctor to come. We're trying to get the doctor to come, Mm -hmm. especially this time. She's calling the doctor constantly trying to get her to come pick her up. And the fact that the doctor doesn't actually show up, I think, is a great way to further explore this universe is doing those doctor freeze stories set on Earth that kind of explore either the aftermath of special events that have happened mm-hmm. or, you know, sightings, etc., etc. et, cetera, et cetera. It's always something that's been tiptoed around, but I think this kind of shows that while the story could have had some improvement to it, I think that there is some legs and somewhere to go with it.
0: Yeah, it proves that you don't need the doctor to do this series too.
1: Yeah. Yeah. yeah they, that the the universe is rich enough that they can do it without the doctor.
2: Well, and that was one of the things that made the first season so clever was that it was completely built around the absence of the doctor mm-hmm, mm-hmm. to the point where people couldn't remember them. And it was like, okay, that's a that's a very genius cool idea to remove the doctor from your narrative. Mm-hmm. And then the doctor shows up at the end and it's like, "Oh, bonus." But when they announced season two, my first thought was, okay, are we now going to suffer from class syndrome where you, you, you've got this group and they're going to be filled with problems. And well, the doctor is going to show up to get them out of it every week. You know, you, you, you can't do that. Um, and so they, once again, kind of found a way around that. I don't think it was nearly as, as clever, as the first time it was just the doctor's not coming, but I suppose for the character growth of Cleo that she needed that Mm -hmm. in order to be Mm -hmm. able to kind of stand on her own feet. And, and that honestly is, (coughs) excuse me, that's the reason to listen to this is, you know, plot aside, it's wonderful to come back and reconnect with these characters Mm -hmm. and kind of get an update on them and, and hear them in action again. So I'm with you guys. I kind of hope we get a season three.
1: Well, especially they did kind of lay some groundwork, I think in this season about it, because they've also talked about, about not just apex, but Ronnie or somebody, I can't remember who talks about there's something wrong with the doctor's timeline or something along those effects of potentially why they weren't showing up. So I think that's something they could further explore in future seasons. Yeah, it's true. I also really like how it's you know it's a podcast as opposed to something you have to go out and purchase from mm-hmm. a company. I th- I like that aspect of it a lot too. That that there is a, another audio format out there that's free
0: for people to listen to. That's the other thing that I thought was cool too is they've they've embraced the American audience with this as well because last time that you know they did this they it was released in the UK by itself and you couldn't get it other than. Uh, BBC Sounds. I mean, you could get around it with IPs and things like that and get it, but you, you technically couldn't get it in the U.S. easily. And then it obviously was, was released later. But this time we we really, we didn't, well, we didn't get it all dropped at the same time like they did on BBC Sounds. We got it on a weekly basis in, I thought, a very timely manner. So that was kind of nice that they're embracing the U.K. or the U.S. audience as well and allowing us to, to get it for free as well.
1: And I think we got the first episode the same time as they got all of them. We did, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so that that was
0: nice. Yep. All right. Well, let's talk about what we got coming up on the schedule.
2: Well, coming up, we continue with our 60th anniversary tie-in celebrations with the penultimate or final, depending on how this is going to work, uh, episode <laughs> of Once in Future. The Union. This is Big Finish's uh, ongoing serial. And then uh, we will get one more episode of that next year sometime that will act as a coda. So, Mm -hmm. I guess technically I'm going to call this the finale until that episode proves me wrong.
0: I think that's fair. (laughs) Yeah,
2: We will uh, delve into it and also take a look at the uh, story arc as a whole. And then we will have This is updated, yes? Mm -hmm. Yep, yep. Yes, okay, sorry. Uh, And then we will have a fun and game segment, and we are going to be covering Doctors and Daleks, the new role-playing game uh, expansion from our friends over at Cubicle 7, who were very uh, gracious to help us out and uh, uh, set us up with that. I'm looking forward to being my first Dungeon Master campaign. (laughs) Or I guess Game Master. Game Master, yeah.
0: Eh, Same thing. (laughs) It could be set in a dungeon. We yeah, don't know. It's up to you. you can put us in a dungeon. Great.
2: <laughs> well, just for that. Now it's a dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, some more 60th anniversary tie-ins uh, with uh, Liberation of the Daleks, the uh, ongoing 14th Doctor comic uh, in Doctor Who magazine, along with uh, the Once Upon a Time Lord uh, from Titan Comics. So all of that. And of course, you know, we're gearing up. We have dates now for the specials. That's so right, you can uh, listen to our reviews of new Who, or what feels like forever
0: in exactly a month from now. Well, one month from yeah, now, it'll be one month and two days oh from God. now because we, we usually record after the Monday after. So, all right. Of course, uh, you can continue to follow us on our website. TravelTheVortex.com. if you get any value out of this podcast why not consider putting some value back into it you can do that by clicking on the patreon link and support us there when you become a patron of the podcast you unlock more audios and specials from us and then also be, be also please consider giving us a five-star review wherever you subscribe to the podcast it helps bump us up in ratings and recommendations and uh, say hi give us a give us a review on there and we may read it out Uh, Make sure you let us know you gave us a review on there so we can go look at it. (laughs) And then, of course, you can join in the conversation on our listeners' forum on Facebook. You can find us on TikTok. You can also find us on X and Instagram. And I promise you, we will start posting on Instagram more often. Anything else we need to talk about before we close this episode? If not, until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night,
2: everybody. Be seeing you.